Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Come on, everybody. Give it up for Jesus in this Rocky Top house. Come on. Let's give Jesus a look. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, give it up for Jesus in here. Lord, we love you. We thank you for being in this place. We thank you for being our peace. Come on, isn't it good you can sing Rocky Top in church news, somebody? All, all, you, all you Alabama fans, I'm sorry. We're gonna get you saved. We have an altar call at the end of church uh, today. And so uh, uh, Justin uh, McCain, our, our worship pastor, you saw him last week with the flag and he had, uh, we got pictures of it. I put it on social media. Uh, he's an Alabama fan. And so he goes, I knew somebody was gonna get that picture of me. And so we made, come on, we made him preach in, in, some, in some UT gear. That's, all, come, that's what, I, I'm allowed to do that, right? So I was like, come on, you're gonna have to carry the flag. But uh, his, he showed me a video this morning of his little daughter, Winnie, and uh, she was saying, Roll Tide, Pastor Jamie, Roll Tide. And I was like, dude, he, bro he broke that out in our prayer meeting this morning, right before uh, we began to pray, so that got me distracted. Anyway, uh, we, we are believing great things. Just the series we've been involved for life, we're gonna end it today, and then we're gonna start a new series next week called Prodigals, and um, we're really gonna be believing God to bring people back to God or back to the house of God. And you got some Easter invites on your seat. Uh, man, I would just encourage you, invite people to Easter, invite people back to God, invite people back to the house of God. And uh, we're gonna have a, an amazing little wall out there where we're writing names down of, of people that we're believing that God, whether it's in this city or around the world, where you're believing and we're believing for God to bring prodigals back. Prodigal just means wasteful living. And so a lot of people, and I know myself at times, we've all been a prodigal. Come on, anybody ever been away from God, uh, living a little bit of a wasteful life? And so God's saying, I wanna bring people back. And so that's gonna be a strong uh, series that we jump into, and we got some invites for Easter on your, on your seat for that. And then tonight is um, team night. If you're not signed up for team night, come on, let me hear it for team night real quick. Everybody who's coming to team night, give me a little love. Team night. That's not, that's not all of you, it needs to be all of you, okay? So, so team night's for everybody. Maybe you're not on a team yet, uh, tonight's for you. It's to tell you about our teams and maybe you, can get, you might wanna get signed up for a team. There's a lot of different teams here that make this place happen and I'm gonna talk a little bit about that today, about being a team and what it looks like to be a vol for life or a volunteer or a passionate follower of Jesus in the house of God. We're gonna look at that today. Uh, but tonight, and it, besides just uh, having an awesome time, uh, some new worship songs we're gonna sing tonight. We have a huge reveal tonight. So some huge news, huge reveal. You don't, you, if so tonight you'll be the first to hear it the first to see it. We'd love you to be here tonight and uh, kind of get that, get, get that reveal. It's gonna be really good. It's good news, so don't worry. It's gonna be huge good news, everybody. And uh, so be here tonight for that if you can. Uh, let's finish this series, uh, Vol for Life. The de definition of Vol for Life is just an enthusiastic follower. A passionate follower. Come on, there's a there's a vol culture, right? The 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 vol for life, or a, a volunteer, or vol nation has a culture to it, and so we should have uh, more so of that same type of culture for for Jesus and for uh, following Christ. It says this in Luke nine twenty three. This is really the key verse uh, for today and for this series, really. Luke nine twenty three. It says, "If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself." and take up his cross daily. Come on, that's not once a year. That's not Christmas and Easter. That's not CEO Christians, Christmas and Easter only. Nope, that, that is taking up the cross daily. And Jesus says, and follow me. 
There's a, there's a big thought about we're gonna, have to, we're gonna have to go through some stuff. We're gonna have to deny some stuff. We're gonna have to be inconvenienced a little bit. We're gonna have to carry a cross. I know that's not always popular in the message of Christianity, but there's a cross we're called to carry. There's some things we're called to do daily to follow Jesus, and this is the passion and the enthusiastic following of Jesus. What does it look like to do that as a team, as team transformation or as transformation church? There's some ways to do that, and uh, so my title for today is very simple. In it to win it. In it to win it. Everybody say, in it to win it. Look at three people and say, in it to win it. How many of you like win winning better than losing? Come on. In it to win it. Let me pray real quick. Father, thank you so much that uh, ultimately you've already won. That we're in it to win it. And uh, we know we win because we're on, we're on your team. We're on team Jesus. We know that you've already settled it. You're not worried. You're not running around in heaven. You aren't freaking out. You're seated on a throne. You're ruling by grace, the throne of grace. You govern by grace, God. And, and we can run boldly to the throne of grace and receive mercy today in time of need. Thank you, Lord, that any of us that are in need, we can run to you and we can get mercy at your throne of grace. And so we just thank you that we already win because you've given us grace and mercy on that cross. You've already defeated hell, death, and the grave. We thank you that you've given us the power to overcome sin and Satan. And so we win. We're on the winning team. Thank you, God, for inviting us and allowing us to be on that team. In Jesus' name, amen? In it to win it. I, I'm a pretty competitive guy, and so um, I, I like to win. Winning's better than losing. I, I don't know if, if anybody likes to lose. Anybody like to lose? Uh, I hope not. We'll pray for you after service. Um, and, and I don't know, my kids are pretty competitive. I got two boys and a girl. They're all competitive. And uh, my, my wife is competitive. And my middle son, their type of competition, if, they, if they're losing, they just destroy the game. Yeah. Anybody like that out there? Where if you're, if you're losing in a board game, you're just one of those like, Neh. just, 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 we're done. You know, I'm like, wow, that's mature, you know. Uh, but that, but that, they haven't done that in a while. Uh, but growing up, my wife would always be like, let the boys win every now and then. Let them win. I'm like, I will not let them win. I will smash them and let them know who, who is the champion in this house. I will, let them, I will not let them win a race. I will not let them win at ping pong. I will not let them win at dodgeball. I will. My kids, if you saw the Christmas video of them shooting me with the airsoft guns I got them, you would know I shouldn't let them win. They, they, and, and here's the thing. If they beat me, I grew up like this. My dad never let me win. If, if I beat my dad, I knew I beat my dad. If I, if I beat him, I knew I was the better man in that, in that moment. And so the same thing for my children. If they beat me, they beat me. They, they got me. My wife's like, just let them win. No, no, no. I am not going to let them win. I am in it to win it. Okay, and the, and the reality is, as a church, as, as families, as believers, I think we need to be in it to win it. And I, and I think there's an enemy that is doing everything he can do and everything in his power to get us to lose in every fight that we fight. And we need to understand that Christianity is a battle. It's not, it's not just this simple little blessed life. It's a dang battle, somebody. And, and, and we've got to be, we, we've, we've sissified Christianity. We, we, we're offended all the time. We're upset all the time. We're asking for things like pray for my meal, you know, because my food wasn't good. You know what I mean? They were getting sawn in half in the Bible. Hallelujah. We're like, pray for my dog. You know, I'm like, really? I'm being serious. <laughs> like, I'm t I, I love your dog. They were sawed in half, lived in caves. The Bible says the earth wasn't worthy of them. 
And, and we get so offended and bent out of shape all the time about so many silly things. If we would really get back into the, to the battle to engage what God's called us to do and have the purpose he's called to win souls, to see lost people found. Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. What's that? When's the last time you won somebody to Christ? When's the last time you told someone the gospel? Now, you can probably remember the last time you were offended. Oh, it's going to be quiet in church today. <laughs> you can remember the last time you got upset at somebody, the last time you got angry, the last time. Here's the problem. Many times we're not living on purpose and we're living on preference and so we're always been out of shape. But if we begin to go, you know what, I'm in this thing to win it, and we got a team, and we got a job to do, and there's a battle called Christianity, and I'm going to wake up every day, and I'm going to use my life to count for heaven, so when I get in front of Jesus one day, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. I wasn't perfect, but I gave everything I had on Team Jesus to win the battle for souls in the earth. I mean, I mean here, here's the thing, people are going to live somewhere forever. Man, people matter. Our purpose is people, and so, so some, here's some, I'm going to give you some thoughts today that will really help you in church, and this is really the heart, my heart for our church, um, some, some, of, some of my heart for our church, and, then, and this will also help you at home, or in your family, or at your job. These will, these will apply anywhere. So I'm just going to talk about Evolve for Life culture. Three simple thoughts. Number one, Evolve for Life puts their team first. Evolve for Life puts their team first. I mean, when you think about UT and the schedule and basketball and, and the hill and, 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 and Rocky Top, and, and when I moved here to Knoxville 13 plus years ago, uh, they told me, this a pastor in town said, whatever you do with your church calendar, don't put anything on a UT football game day. Or whatever you do with your church calendar, don't put anything on a basketball, UT basketball game day. And so, so we, 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 we don't do it so much nowadays, but we still, like, we planned our whole calendar around the UT football and basketball schedule as a church. And, and so it's like the, the whole community, think about putting the team first and how the community calendar, Knoxville community calendar really exists around a lot of what those sports are and those activities are, right? In 1998, there was a guy at the championship football game. Come on, UT. 1998, baby. He was at the game. He's at the 50-yard line right down, I think, three or four rows back, sitting there, the best seats in the whole stadium. And uh, there was a guy with binoculars in the way up the, the high seats looking down at this guy, and there was an empty seat by him. And the guy was like, well, maybe one of his family is getting, a, getting something to drink or eat. And the whole, by halftime, no one had sat in that seat. He was by himself the whole time, at half, all the way to halftime. The dude was finally like, man, I'm going to go down there and ask if anybody's sitting by this guy because that's an amazing seat. The guy walked down to halftime. He said, hey, is anybody sitting by you? Because I'd love to, you know, sit there. And, and, and the guy said, no, this and my wife and I have come to Vols games for years and, and she's passed and that, that's her, that was her seat. And, uh, uh, you know, that, that's just where she sat. And so I don't know, you know, I've just come to this championship game and she, she sat there. And, and so he was like, oh, oh, well, I'm so sorry, sir. Okay. And, he said, well, why, why wouldn't you invite one of your children or your son or, or another family member? He said, well, they're all, they're all at the funeral. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome if we scheduled our calendars around something called the house of God? <laughs> What, 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 if, what if we had that kind of commitment to, that's a joke, by the way, that's not a true story. What, 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 if, what, 
What if, we had, what if we had our daily calendars and our weekly calendars and we just decided, you know what, this is just part of our life. Like, this is just what I do. Like, I, 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 I surround myself with the people of God and the, and the worship of God. What about that last song we were singing today? Come on, I'm on my knees and God's moving in my heart and we're singing things about what relying on the God of Jacob and I don't fight Goliath, but I've got my own giants. And man, what if we did that every week? And we just said, that's just my life. And I think we need to make our calendars and our schedules be around the things of God. Matthew 6, says, not seek first the kingdom of the Vols, not seek first the kingdom of Little League, not seek first the kingdom of soccer, not seek first the kingdom of, of the Gators or the Tigers, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else shall be added. I, I just want to encourage you. I, I lived this way before I was a pastor. I'm not saying this because I'm a pastor. It's just part of my life. It's just, it's just my DNA. Like, I just believe what changed my life, you changed my life. This changed my life. Walking into the house of God, feeling the family of God, seeing the purpose of God, having something bigger than myself to pour my life into. And, I, and, I, and, I, and this is God's plan. This, you, us, this is God's plan A for the planet. There's no other hope for the planet. And so I just want to encourage me and you to seek first the kingdom of God. So on Team Jesus, we seek the kingdom. We put Team Jesus first. Here's a couple ways to do that. Here's some practical ways that you and I need to understand that are very important if we're gonna put Team Jesus first. Number one, purpose is greater than preference. Purpose is greater than preference. And so you heard me say it earlier, like many of us, we have so many preferences. And so we come to the house of God and we carry those preferences. Well, I wish they'd sing these kind of songs. I wish we'd do that. I wish we did that. I wish this. Uh, and, and we have a lot of preferences. But the reality is purpose is bigger and greater than preference. And so if you always live by preference in your home or, or at work or in your church, you're going to be upset. You're going to be a little bit offended uh, because you, you've got kind of your eyes off of the purpose. My son, uh, uh, my second son, uh, Jude, he is five foot 10, 205 pounds. He played football for CAK. He won, his preference was to play fullback or linebacker. He did that for a few years. And, then, and he actually has the size for a linebacker, and he's a really good linebacker. But, but their defensive structure was a little bit different, a different model where it was a little bit faster. So a lot of the kids playing linebacker were about 175 pounds and fast. My son's fast, but he's 205, and so he wasn't as fast as those guys. So it was a little bit of a di di different defensive scheme. So you know where they put my son? They put him on the defensive line at defensive tackle. He's 205 pounds, 5'10". He's not big enough to play defensive tackle. But he's a beast. We call him Quadzilla. He's got these giant quads. He squats like 450. And so, and so they put, and he, and he doesn't give up. He doesn't quit. He's real quiet. He's not, he's not like me. <laughs> he, he's real quiet. He's kind of, he's just kind of calm all the time, but he's got this concrete inside of him that he, 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 you can't budge him in his heart. And so when he commits, he commits. So I have video literally of him going up against a six foot six, 290 pound offensive guard as a defensive tackle, moving that guy. It's, it's crazy. I felt, I felt bad for him all the time. I'm like, son, and, he, and listen, he hated playing on the, on the line. He hated it. He, he'd come up, he's like, dad, I hate it. I'm like, you're playing. I was like, you're helping the team win. You're, the purpose of the team is bigger than your preference. The purpose of the team winning, listen, I know, son, you don't like that, but I think sometimes when we get into jobs, homes, family, church, we gotta say, you know what? The purpose is bigger than my preference. Our purpose is to reach the lost at all costs. Right, I say it a lot of times. We'll do, I'll do anything short of sin to reach people. I mean, we're gonna, we had a billboard one year called We Love the Hell Out of You. That was fun. 
Gave away t-shirts. If you invited somebody to church, you got a t-shirt that said, we love the hell out of you. Uh, you, do, you know, do you know how many awesome conversations I started with waiters and waitresses and people out in the community going, hey, if I did a series at our church called We Love the Hell Out of You, would you come? They're like, man, that's cool. Yeah, I'd come. I'm like, yeah, because we want to love the hell out of you. And, 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 and we've given away shot glasses, inviting people from bars to come to church. And we Listen, the, our purpose is not a preference of, of something like that. Our purpose is, is people, right? Sure, I won't sin to reach people. I'll do anything short of sin, okay? Well, and so the reality is, like, when you come in here, we want to reach people. We want to see the lost restored. We want to see hope given back. We want to see faith built up. We want to see the power of God do miracles. We want to see the lame walk, the blind set free, the, the, the lost saved. Come on. That's the heart of the team that you're on. And so let's, let's, choose, let's, choose, let's choose purpose over preference. I wrote it this way. Spiritual maturity is when God's concerns become my concerns. God, God, when God's concerns begin to become my concerns, that's maturity, right? We get so bent out of shape about stuff that doesn't matter so often. Like, we just do. I mean, I was in Costco Friday on a date. Come on, I had to do a date day with my wife at Costco. Come on, man. Come on, man. She was so thankful. She's like, my God, thank you for coming in here with me. I'm like, this is a madhouse. It was just crazy. And so she's like, welcome to my world. You know, I'm like, hey, Costco. And so I'm, I pull up. I like a good parking spot. Anybody like a good parking spot? I pull up, and there's a further away parking spot. I'm like, no, no, I got one closer. I could feel it. I could feel it in there. I pull up, come around the corner. There's one right there. There's a lady. I see her, little BMW. She's got the trunk popped. She's getting the groceries. She's putting everything in the trunk. Puts it all in the trunk. Gets it all settled. Closes the trunk. Takes the car. Pushes the car. Puts the car away. Goes, gets back in the car. By this time, I'm parked kind of behind her. She's got plenty of room to get out. I got my blinker on, letting everybody know. She just sits there. And sits there. And sits there. Oh, I'm getting fired up. I've got my blinker on again. I didn't hit the horn. I'm staring. Like, what is she doing? What is she doing? And she's hanging out in Costco parking lot. What is that to do? She's put her groceries away, babe. Come on. She's like, well, honey, she could have a tough home life and doesn't want to go home right now. And things could be happening. I'm like, you don't hang out in Costco parking lot. I'm fired up, man. Cars are going around me. I'm, I'm like, she, and I say this to my wife. She's so, she's so great. I say, I say, why is this lady sitting in Costco parking lot? She goes, let's talk about why you're sitting. <laughs> right behind her. I was like, ah. Finally, a spot opened up right next to her, and, she, and the, the, the car pulled out. I was like, I pulled right in by her and just stared at her. Like, ah. <laughs> we, angry, moody, cranky people don't help anybody. Preferenced people, been out of shape people, just, just agitated people don't serve anybody. They don't make a difference, and, and people are going to live somewhere forever. Come on, let's put Team Jesus first. Let's choose purpose over preference. Let's always go for purpose. Let's refocus on heaven. That's my heart. Number two, uh, the whole, this is important, the whole is greater than the part. When we're thinking about team and this and all of us together, the, the whole is greater than the part. 
Like, listen to me, we're all part of a body. Each of us has a part to play. There's cafe people and there's host people and there's production people. Come on, give our production people a hand. Thank y'all for what you do. There's, there's, there's worshipers and, and band members and, and there's prayer team partners and there's, and there's people that do admin and set up and all this stuff doesn't just, we don't just genie this thing in a bottle, somebody. And, and, there, and there's chairs and there's invite, and there, but the whole, listen to me, each of us has an individual part, but the whole gives every part its strength and value. And a lot of times we think that our part, we get kind of stuck on our own little part and we think, oh, well, my part is the most important or my part, no, no, there's a whole entire body and the whole entire body actually gives life and strength, even in the home or even at work. There's a whole body. There's a whole part. The whole gives your individual part validity and power and strength. Your part, my part, I can't live apart from you. I can't live outside. A hand will not, a finger will not survive a detached from the body. And so we have to realize that there's this body. Each of us has such an important role to play, but the whole is greater than the part. Does that make sense? Anybody ever remember the movie in the 1970s called The Hand? Remember that movie, The Hand? And it just had this big giant hand just, just creeping down the streets and everybody's screaming and like, ah, it was a horror movie. Can I tell you, that movie wasn't real. Hand, a hand can't live apart from the body. It can't, it can't creep down the street. And so what, what you need to know is this. When you begin to overemphasize your part, it becomes a horror movie. When you begin to be upset and not see anybody else's part or not care about any of the other factors or not, whether it's at home or at church or at your job, when you begin to overemphasize, well, if they just knew what I did, if they just knew, if everybody would just do what I wanted to do, or if everybody just like wanted to do outreach like I want outreach, or everybody wanted to sing the songs I wanted to sing, or why can't, if we just begin to overemphasize our part, right, it kind of scares people and it begins to be a little bit of a horror movie in, in the body of Christ. And so we need to know that this whole, all of us, actually gives power and strength to each other. Does that make sense? Let's choose the whole, the whole picture, the whole purpose over just the individual parts. And here's also what you need to know. The proximity of every part is not always the same. We have a common love for one another, but the proximity that each part has isn't always the same. Aren't you glad that God didn't put the nose next to the armpit? Aren't you glad he didn't attach the tongue between the toes? So, so what I'm saying is God knew that there were certain parts that are still on the body that don't fit together exactly. So there's certain areas in church, there's certain areas in your family, there's certain areas in your job or calling that aren't gonna just fit perfectly with every other part, but they're still part of the whole body and we don't discount those parts. We value those parts because they add to the body. Nobody wants one big eyeball. If the whole body was an eyeball, Ephesians talks about if the whole body was a big eye, that would be freaky. No, we each have parts to play and we need to make sure that we value the whole over the part. I, I hope this is helping you. It, it'll help you on a, being on a team. It'll help you being a part of the body of Christ and just saying, you know what? Okay, God, I'm gonna choose purpose. I'm gonna choose the whole. Number one, let's put the team first. Number two, evolve for life sets the example for others to follow. Evolve for life, a passionate follower of Jesus sets an example. Like you and I are called to set an example. I don't have the video for you, but you've probably seen it where that one girl at the baseball game does the wave and she starts the wave and nobody else is doing the wave. She looks crazy. She's like this one crazy lady starting. She's like, wah, wave. And she's just doing it. Nobody else is doing it. 
And it takes about 15 minutes or so. She keeps doing it by herself. And another joins in and another. And all of a sudden, before it's over, the whole stadium, I mean, thousands of people are doing the wave. And then she tries, she does the reverse wave and it goes back the other direction. I mean, it's crazy. She starts this movement. You and I are called to be examples to, to each other, to the world, to our work, to our families. Look at what 1 Timothy 4.12 says. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example right there. Be an example. A true follower, a passionate follower of Jesus is an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. You, are, you and I are called to be this example. I love this one, Philippians 3, 17. This is so important. If you'll get this today, it says this, Paul speaking. He says, brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk. Listen to that. Look at, Paul says, look at my example. Join in following my example. And look at everybody else that's following my example as well. And he says this, as you have us for a pattern. You have us for a pattern. You need an us for a pattern. I need an us for a pattern. I meet people all the time. Well, I just follow Jesus. I just listen to Jesus. I just listen to God. Well, that's why you're always struggling with your relationship with God. That's why you're, you're lost a lot of times trying to figure out and why it's so hard to follow God because you don't have an example to follow. Paul didn't say, I promise you, one of the hardest things in the Christian body today is believing and following examples and finding examples that you can follow because we have a culture that doesn't want to follow anybody. And Paul said, please, you don't only follow Jesus. You don't only listen to Jesus. You actually, God doesn't speak in isolation. He speaks and gives us examples through people. And so I want to encourage you, you need to be an example, and you need to have an example. Like, I, I, I need examples in my life. And so I, that's why we do connect groups here. That's, I've got a marriage group going on in my house. There's about 10 marriage groups going on in the community right now. We're getting in a circle in the living rooms and having some food, playing some games, and talking about marriage. I need, you need an example, and I, I just want to encourage you, like, don't do Christianity without an example. Because it's hard. And many people say, well, I hear God. And can I just tell you, like, if you're hearing God, awesome, but you better run it by some examples. You better have some people that you go, hey, do you feel like this is God? Do you feel like I'm hearing God? Like, if you hear God 100%, you're probably on drugs. 100%. Like, I hear God's voice 100%. I'm running from you. <laughs> like, I don't get it right all the time. We're human. Now, you can trust his word. That's 100%. Does that make sense? You got the word of God, 100%. But when we're hearing God or trying to follow someone's example, I think it's important that we would be an example and have an example. Don't just follow Jesus. Get a pattern of somebody in your life. You don't hear God in isolation. Have an example, be an example. Here's some risks of being an example. You're gonna look stupid. Yeah, you're gonna feel embarrassed. Yeah, the lady doing that wave, she felt dumb. You're gonna be made fun of. Come on, young people, quit worrying about what other people think about you or making fun of you. Make a stand for God. Make a stand and decide, you know what, I don't care what the other uh, classmates are going to say or what my friends are going to say. I'm going I'm to choose God. And you have a safe family here, a safe community to choose God in. Nobody's going to make fun of you for serving God here. That's why we have the family of God. Nobody's going to shun you for making a choice for purity and sexual purity and not giving in to all the, the things of culture. Come on, let's make a stand for God here. Parents, you're not alone when it comes to standing for God, for your children and for your home. You have the, a house of God to do that in, people to back each other up. So you, you, you might feel made fun of. You might feel misunderstood. You probably be feeling alone sometimes when you take the risk of making an example. Here's the rewards. You could start a movement. 
You might start a movement. You, you might make a difference. You might get recognition. You might look up and people are following you. Can I tell you, I'm just being vulnerable. Like, I'm doing, a, we got a little marriage group going, a little connect group, marriage group at my house. Like, I don't, I'm like, is anybody gonna come? I feel the same way. I'm like, you think anybody will come, babe? Is it gonna be weird? Is it gonna help anybody? Like, we had a great group there, and I looked at everybody and said, is this helping anybody? Like, we need each other. Like, we, we all have a little insecurity in us, right? We need, we need each other to believe God. I called up Dylan and Sierra. Y'all got any fun games to play for marriage groups? <laughs> They're the fun game people. <laughs> we, need, we need that in our life, right? And so I'm just encouraging you, man. Take the risk to set the example and to be an example. Maybe, maybe it's starting a connect group. Maybe it's opening up your home. Maybe it's going to connect group training. Maybe it's going to Plugged In next week and going, you know what? I'm gonna take two hours and go to Plugged In and learn about the values and the culture of this church and I've never been to that. I'm gonna figure out what being on a team looks like. And I'm gonna set the example on a team. Or I'm gonna, I'm gonna be an example in our church and, and join up and be a part. I think that's powerful to be Evolve for Life. And number three, the last thought, Evolve for Life takes ownership. Evolve for Life takes ownership. There's a, there's a share in the team because you're invested. Do you know how much season tickets cost to Evolve to, to, to a football season? I don't know. I don't, I don't have any. Uh, if you have some, invite me, right? That, that'd be great. Um, but like to go to a Denver Broncos game, it's 500 bucks a ticket. Like how much does it cost for an investment to be, a, to be a vol for life or to be invested in a team? What if we took that same passion and invested in the house of God? Yeah. Invested in the kingdom of God. Come on, we're a vol for life. Here's two ways to become an owner or to take ownership. Number one, we take ownership with our language. We take ownership with our language. My church, that's my team. Those are our girls, man. Our girls are gonna win today. Those are our guys. Come on, we lost. Man, we can do better. Like, like, like when it comes to sports or my kids in sports, it's my team. It's our boys. Come on, it's how we can do it. Right, when it comes, but when a lot of times the church is like, well, your church. I'm like, whoa, whoa, I will stop you. I am a language police. I, some of y'all probably, y'all know, y'all have heard me do it. We'll be talking and I'm like, you're like, your church? I'm like, no, 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 our church. Our church. I have a friend, a pastor friend in St. Louis, he had a big influential guy in his church, a city councilman, and the guy was new to the church, and they were in a group of people, and the guy said, well, you know what you do at your church, and at your church, the guy had been there for about six months, at your church, at your church, and my pastor friend, Pastor Dan, was like, hey, hey, it's our church, our church, and the guy was like, oh, oh, you're calling me out, calling me out, he goes, no, I'm calling you in, I'm calling you in, it's our church, it's us, it's we, it's it's what can God do through us in our city. And so, so our language, look at this, look at this verse, powerful verse. In 2 Corinthians 4, 13, it says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. You, you can know what someone believes by their words. And the Bible says we believe, therefore we speak. So I just wanna encourage you, take ownership with your language. Like my team. Hey, what team are you on? Oh, my team. My team's the usher team. My team's the parking team. Maybe you're not on team. I'm not on team yet. I want to get on our team. I want to be a part of my church. I want, to, I want to take ownership in the house of God. Come on, let's let that language have ownership language. And then the second thing to take ownership, we take ownership with our investment. What is that? That's our time, it's our talent, and it's our treasure. That's our time, our talent, our gifts, and our, and our finances. People say, oh, well, man, the church just wants my money. Well, so do the balls. When you buy fall season tickets, you don't go, they just want my money. 
No, they, they do. Every, every, so does Verizon. So does our house mortgage. Every, everything wants, everything does. But, 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 but God said, when God, I heard this the other day, God was talking about the tithe. I got a few minutes left. Don't get antsy. Come on, I feel y'all. The, the, the God started talking about the tithe, and, and he, said, he said, I want you to, I want you to give your tithe 10% to the church, right? Well, who's the church? It's, it's Christ's bride. It's God's wife. So, so if my wife's not here, but if my wife was here, and I had some money, and my wife, and I was going on a big journey, and I was going to be gone for about six months, and I had three friends here, and I said, hey, I'm going to give each of you $10,000 a month to, to, to take care of your stuff, but all I want you to do is give 1000 a month to my wife to make sure she's taken care of. And if I came back and one person said, yeah, I've been, I've been giving 2,000 a month to your wife. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. And then the next one's like, I've been giving 1,000. And then the third one's like, well, I only gave like 500 because this and that. And, and you gave me 10,000, I know, but I only gave, the, or I only gave 300 the next. I'd be like, dude, I, told, I gave you all that money. Why didn't you just give it to my wife like I asked you? Jesus is saying when we invest with time, talent, and treasure, he's asking us to give our time, our talent, and our treasure to his wife. Don't neglect God's wife. This is God's bride. And we don't want to neglect that with any of those things. We want to make an investment. And can I tell you, where you're invested, that's where your passion flows. At the marriage conference, some of you heard about it, but the guy said, you can turn your marriage around in, in, in an instant, not by any feelings or emotions, just by pouring in your, your treasure. Because where your treasure is, there your heart is. You, you know, I, I don't wash your car, because it's not mine. I'm not invested in it. I don't care. I've never gone to a hotel counter and said, hey, can I get some detergent? I'm just going to do these sheets. <laughs> I've, never, I've never done it because I'm renting there. I'm not invested there. Can I tell you that we're trying to build an ownership mentality in this house? We don't want a renting mentality in the house of God. I don't want to rent the things of God. I don't want to rent and just say, okay, well, I'm just going to stay over for a night. No, 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 no. This is an ownership place where we get to be invested into. Matthew 6, 21 says it this way. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Many people say, well, if I'm, a, if I'm passionate about it, then I'll give to it. No, 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 no. That's not the Bible. It says, where your treasure is, there your heart will go. So, well, once I care about it, then I'll, no, it's, it's the opposite. So when it comes to your home, your family, your kids, your church, I just want to encourage you, start investing. Start, start pouring in. I, I, I used to never care anything about Verizon until I bought stock. I don't care about cell towers and fiber optics. I'm not passionate about that. But when I put a little treasure there, you better believe it. Like, how's Verizon doing? As you begin to pour treasure in to the house of God, all of a sudden, your passion, your heart begin to follow that. I want to encourage you today. Come on, let's make a difference. Let's set an example. Let's, let's choose the team, and let's believe God. We got team night tonight. Man, I want to invite all of you. There's a team for you here. There's investment for you here. And I promise you, it's bigger than your preference. It's full of purpose and destiny and calling. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be ruined. Listen to me. I'm going to, pray, I'm going to pray for you. This is the last thing I want to say. Years ago, I got to sit in a box seat. One of, the, one of the football games. Do you know how, box seats are expensive. I got, to, I got invited and got to go sit in one. I never enjoyed a game again after being in that box seat. <laughs> Can I just tell you, it's a different experience. I went to an Ice Bears game, got, got down on the, on the box on the ice years ago. Anybody been to an Ice Bears game? Love the Ice Bears. They're, they're doing awesome this year. Come on, we cheer them on. And so, so I got to sit and the ice was coming up over the freaking glass. They're fighting on the glass. And my kids and I, I'm pulling my kids up. I'm like, bah, 
down in the glass. Like, we're fighting in it with them. I mean, it's an amazing experience. We got three pucks that shot, what's up, Brad? We got three pucks that shot up over the, over the glass and landed down there. My kids are taking pucks home. It was an amazing experience. It was very expensive. For that view, it was a high price, right? I sat in the cheap seats later on. It was a horrible experience. I was crowded in and some girl had a cowbell behind me and she was shaking it in my ear the whole time. I was ruined for, for, the, for the cheap seats by the, by the context of the front row seat I got. I, I just want to encourage you. Would you be willing to be ruined for the cheap seats when it comes to church and kingdom and, and, and say, God, you know what? I'm willing to make the investment to be on the front row of what you're doing in people's lives. I want a front row view of what you want to do in Knoxville, God. I want a front row view of what you want to do this Easter, God. I want a front row view of what you're going to do on a prayer team down here at an altar, oh God. I, I'm willing, God, to make an investment for a front row view. I don't, I don't want a good view at a cheap price, oh God. I know it might cost me some time, some talent, some treasure, but it's the kingdom of God. It's the house of God. God, I, I just commit, Lord, I, I, I refocus back on heaven. I refocus my priorities back off the season tickets maybe and on the ticket to heaven that somebody might get by the message of grace that I preach. Come on, would you pray with me today? Father, thank you for your house. Thank you that you said that, that your, your spirit dwells in your people and in your house and when we gather together you manifest your presence God and anything can happen I pray for peace today to reign in this place I pray for families and individuals sons and daughters to walk out of here full of peace Lord you give peace as a gift Lord you said that we don't have to to carry it on our own shoulders that the investment we get to make is everything you've given us you've given us time You've given us talents and gifts and treasure. You've given us everything. God, we just say, you know what? We're going to prioritize you today in a new way. We're going to choose our team. We're going to be an example, God. We're going to make an investment. We're going to be owners, God. We're not renters. I pray for every individual, Lord, every perspective, every mindset. I pray you'd shift it today a little bit. I pray you'd do it in my own life. Fill me with your spirit again, oh God. You said they were filled with the spirit again and the whole place was shaken. They gathered and prayed and you said you filled them again with your spirit. God, fill us again with your spirit. Even as Ariel sang this morning, fill us again with your spirit, oh God. Shake our lives up again, oh God. Shake us, Lord. Lord, you said it would be business as usual. Well, shake us from the inside so we can go about business as usual in a new powerful way. Thank you for doing that by your spirit and your heart, Lord. If you're in this place just for another second, nobody looking around, maybe God's been chasing you. Maybe you know he's been chasing you and today's your day. Maybe you're not on Team Jesus. It's never as easy as it is today. You don't have to fix yourself or clean yourself up. The Bible says this very simply, that Jesus came to this planet. He lived perfect as a man and as God. He lived sinless. He went to a tree, and he died on a cross, and he took all of your shame, all your mistakes, all your regret, all your guilt, all your failure. He took all of it, and he nailed it to a tree. And then he rose from the dead to give you a brand new life, to bring you onto his team and to give you a relationship with an amazing father in heaven. Maybe you've been running. Maybe God's been chasing you. Maybe you got here today by an invite, but you know you're not right with God. No one's looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed. If you just say, you know what, pastor? I need a fresh start with God. No embarrassment. I'm gonna ask you to put your hand up here in a second. I'm gonna pray for you. If you're online and you're watching, you say, you know what? I wanna be on Team Jesus. I need a relationship with God. Maybe you were with him years ago and you've walked away. Maybe you know you need to come back to God and say, you know what? I'm gonna serve you, God. No one looking around. I'm gonna ask you to put your hand up. 
And if you just say, you know what, include me in a prayer. Would you just say, I need a fresh start. Would you put your hand up to me today? If that's anybody in here, I need a fresh start with God. Thank you for your boldness and honesty. Anybody else, just hold it up high so I can pray for you. I need a fresh start with Jesus. I, I've been running. Thank you for your honesty and your, your boldness. God bless you. Thank you for your boldness. If you're online, would you just type fresh start in right now? The Bible says if you give your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start with God. Jesus did all the heavy lifting. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. There's no magic in my words. It's just a prayer of surrender. If you're online, pray this prayer with me. If you're in this room and you need to pray the prayer, would you pray it with me? Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to this planet. Jesus, thank you for living obediently to God. Thank you for giving us your life and giving us an example to follow. Thank you for dying on that cross. I believe that you are God and that you died for my sin. I, I repent. I turn from my sin and my failures and my mistakes. I turn from my guilt and my shame. I turn away from that. Lord, and I look to you today. I believe that you died for all of that on the cross. And I believe, Jesus, that you rose from the dead and that you're God. I surrender to you right now. I will serve you the rest of my life as you give me a fresh start in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give God praise this morning. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.